Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. What's up, everybody? This is the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and with me is the whole family. How you guys doing? Good. We got in. I'm sleepy. Sleepy? <laughs> That's a lie. Too I bad. Am, I am over-caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I'm here with my buddies Mo, Tripp, and Tony, and we are talking today about being a baller on a budget. So, basically, the whole point is we're all bringing in a theoretical setup to get started DJing for super cheap. And so we all kind of tried to bring in a slightly different approach, and we thought that would be cool to just, uh, you know, share that for either people who are just thinking about getting started DJing and haven't decided on, you know, what they want to do with that and where they want to go. This might be a good way to get introduced to what it's like to, quote-unquote, really DJ but not invest, you know, a couple thousand dollars right. <laughs> on a setup. Uh, before we get too far into that, I did want to read a couple of comments. This one comes from the blog from Todd Barber. He says, I just stumbled across your site via Google search. Haven't listened to any of your podcasts yet, but I've been reading some of your articles and you have some good content here. Insightful information that I'm sure will help other DJs. Thanks for sharing with the community. So thanks, Todd. We appreciate that. Yep. I got another message from a guy named Nick um, directly on Facebook. I don't know if he wants me to share his last name or not, but... He says uh, that he was at a wedding in Cincinnati and chatted up the DJ, did a great job, and was about his age, so 35, and had about 10 years' experience. And he asked him if he knew about our podcast, and he didn't. So he showed it to him, and he subscribed right on the spot. So thanks a lot, Nick. We appreciate you yeah. spreading the word. That's, That's right. really cool. Sounds like someone I'll be reaching out to for the ambassador program, perhaps. Exactly. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Mo's you know? got your number. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then we have one from Dwayne Donovan on our uh, How to Become a DJ guide. And he says, wow, excellent article. There's lots of garbage out there, but your article is extremely inspirational. I'm in my mid-30s and about to start DJing again. He says he did it as a teenager and still does family and corporate events. And he said that this article gave, gave him the steps and rekindled the fire to get back to what I love. Thanks. So uh, once again, we appreciate that, Dwayne. And uh, for those who are not familiar, you can go to passionatedj.com forward slash how to DJ and just get kind of a high level view and uh, very simple steps on what this whole thing's about and what it takes and um, how we feel that you can be successful doing that, which is kind of what we're talking about today or we'll be talking about next week on we're going to do a whole episode on uh, tips for for beginning DJs. Yep. So. Um, go ahead and check that out if you want to kind of preload and get get ready for that episode, and then we'll we'll definitely come back with some some more knowledge for that and get a little more granular with it. So, yeah, um, I just wanted to say uh, it's really cool to hear this stuff coming in. Like you know, ever since uh, you asked uh, Tony and I to to join the show, like it's one thing to just know that you know everybody's out there and you know we can see some of the statistics and see where people are listening from and all mm -hmm. of that so i mean you know it, it's it, it's it's pretty cool you know for us to sit around and talk about something that we love to do and and share our experiences and try to help people through those you know when they you know encounter those experiences and you know and throw our opinions around and stuff like that and it, it that's all cool but when those kinds of things come in you know the comments and uh, you know, people, you know, will write us and ask for help or write in and, you know, say how much we're helping them. 
That's really cool. Yeah, like, it never gets old, and it yeah. and it keeps us doing what we're doing. So we definitely appreciate those comments. Please keep sending them in, and especially, you know, my one complaint is that more people want to leave written comments instead of voicemails. We would love to have more voicemails. It's love to hear your voices. We love to hear it. The audience loves to hear it. Yeah, and it uh, lets people know that you're real people, and we're not just making this up. <laughs> Why so. would we do something like that, David? <laughs> Nice. So we appreciate the kind words, guys, and uh, keep it up. So uh, baller on a budget. Yeah. So what exactly are we working with with the parameters, David? Well, we went back and forth on that. <laughs> we, it was, what is a budget, yes. quote unquote? So <laughs> what is we, a baller, David? <laughs> what is a baller? Shot so collar? We've kind of gone a... wheels on the Impala. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> Highway, making money the flyway. There's gotta be a better way, better way, better way. Yeah, yeah. I hope SoundCloud doesn't pick that up. Yeah, I think I we're okay. I don't think we're. I don't think we're that good. Man. I don't think mixed and key would pick that up. <laughs> For those of you that don't know that track, right. go get it because you should. Yeah, it, is a, it is a staple. <laughs> So yeah, we we kind of went back and forth on especially the what is the budget and what does that include because right. we kind of started out with okay, $500 budget. So it's which is pretty strict for an entire setup, but then right. it's like, well, does that include a laptop? Do we need to buy a laptop or whatever our music source is? Because nowadays just about everybody has one, at least just about anybody in the civilized world has one. I mean, sure. and so it's 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 kind of a different time than it was even just a few years ago. Right. And so then we bumped up the budget to $700 and said it does include a laptop, and we just kept going back and forth. So I think what we finally settled on is let's just draw a hard line at, or a draw a soft line at $500. Right. I don't think any of us are like four ninety nine ninety nine, <laughs> you know, but it, no, no. close to $500 all included. And, and the reason why we kind of put this as one of our topics is because David gets a lot of messages from people, you know, literally across the world saying, you know, how do I get X or how do I start or where do I start? Yes. And, most messages that we receive are along those and, lines. And a lot of them don't uh, give us any financial parameters. So we thought it'd be a good idea and uh, also of usefulness to the community to maybe just play this little play out this exercise and see what we can come up with. Yeah, and this, I mean, this is a good way to get your feet wet if you're not quite ready. Like somebody might be deciding between a couple, of, like trying to decide, do I want to get a full CDJ setup or do I want to get a DDJ RZ or whatever? This shows a way that you can start really actually DJing with stuff, with, you know, knobs and <laughs> sliders and <laughs> right. stuff without, you know, spending zillions of dollars. Exactly. So, um and I, I think it's important to note that, like, you know, for a lot of people, you know, the controller game really kind of 
you know, changed a lot over the last few years, mm-hmm. you know, so like you can get a lot of functionality out of, you know, a, a, a single unit that will plug into a, a, a laptop. And I think one of the things that we wanted to specifically avoid with this episode is four guys coming into a room and offering four different controllers, Just picking different controllers. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, um, <laughs> because for, for, you know, people like Tony and I, when we first started, I, I mean, I won't put words in Tony's mouth, but for me, like my first setup was a budget turntable setup, mm. you know, so, uh, I can get it into that a little bit more, but I just, you know, for, for anybody who's listening and wondering why would we offer a turntable setup and a CDJ setup and, you know, and, 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 yeah. you know, when anybody can go out and spend 200 bucks on a, a mixer on a, a controller a controller and and call yeah. it a day so we, this shows a couple of different approaches right. that you could take even right. if these aren't you know none of these are a particular setup that speaks to you right it shows okay there's a couple ways to there's do options this. yeah so, exactly um tony i don't know if we can start with you I, I, you had a pretty we talked a little bit on the way over here mm-hmm. about your approach to this and i found it pretty interesting because it's it's kind of relevant to your history with djing absolutely uh so yeah i don't mind starting yeah what's your approach um, to, to this so, 500 baller setup so before i get into the actual equipment that i decided to go with um i'll explain my small little journey um changeover from vinyl and turntables into mm-hmm. the digital world um because i did start with um a final scratch when it was first out, and that was the first MP3 to yeah, vinyl, first, first the DVS time code. Right. Yeah. Um, Predecessor to yeah. Serato and Tractor. And I, I played on it for a little while, and then, um, you know, I went down to Florida. I played on a buddy of mine's rig that had a Korg microcontrol, which is just a MIDI controller keyboard. It's got six sliders, six knobs, and a typical keyboard, and it's got your pitch bender, you know. And... So that's kind of what I, I started playing on that. I bought that same exact system. You know, it was a, I bought a, this was before Native Instruments started coming out with the audios, the audio eights, the audio sixes and everything. Um, but I bought an audio interface and I started using Tractor with, with the keyboard, but it was a little more time consuming and tedious to set up because it wasn't just like an X1. It wasn't plug and play. You actually had to assign all of your buttons and all your parameters mm. to actual keys on the keyboard. So, you know, I started doing that. That was 2005. You know, it was kind of funny because back then everybody was telling me I was cheating back then. <laughs> you know, and now look at the way everything now went. It's like, wow, you went in and mapped everything manually? Yeah. Right. You, you know, know, you can change, you can just do all of that with one button. It's the <laughs> sync one right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I um so I kind of based my my budget and my DJ setup on that because that was the path that I took. So um looking around and looking up at controllers, I found um you know, I did look at the old controller that I that I used which was the Korg microcontrol um, but it's not in production anymore, so I didn't go with it. So I just Still went with, a very nice piece. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a very nice piece. It had 16 pads on it, um, six sliders which I, and six knobs, which I used for my parameters and my effects within Tractor. Um, and all my pads were, you know, I signed the 
cue play, the cue pause, the backtrack, and, and the hot cueing and everything with all of the keys on the actual keyboard. So um, I, I found this Akai Professional Red MPK Mini MK2, which is $99. Um, it only has uh, eight pads, but it has two pages. So you can okay. either do one of two things. You can either buy two of those, right. you know, use one per deck if you would like, or if you want to run four decks, if you want to run tractor four decks, you know, you have it all there. Right. Um, and that's still $200 for both of those. Um, your native instruments, um, complete audio six. It has your, your four inputs. So you can use all four decks with that. That's 229 mm -hmm. So that right there is under your $500 budget, and you have some room left over for some headphones if you want. Um, but y like I said, using those things, you have to um, you have to assign all of your buttons to that controller. It's not like an X1 where you plug and play and every button right. is already there. So ready. this would be a good option for somebody who likes to get under the hood. Someone's techie. Yeah, yeah. yeah under the hood, and even... Even if you don't like to get under the hood, it teaches you to learn all of the all of the buttons within the actual program, not yeah. the physical buttons, but what the program right. actually does. Yeah, the MIDI control messages and what that means and how that works. Right. If you do ever want to do anything fancy or right. or custom with it, right. does Tractor come with the with that interface? No, it does not. Okay. You can buy the interface and it will come with Tractor, but you don't buy Tractor and get the interface. So no, that's I, what I meant. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. So if you buy was, the Audio 6, you'll get a copy of Tractor. Okay. Uh, okay. Is it the do you know if it, is it full Tractor Pro 2 or is it like Tractor LE? Um that I did not look up. Is that probably what you're getting at is okay, but we're not in we're not counting the software the license software. In, the, in the price, but at the same time your setup does not depend on Tractor either. You could do this with virtual right. DJ right. With, with, as with, long as you can map it or something. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it's 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 fully mappable. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am officially a baller on a budget. Um, but, you know, again, if, if you're running four decks and you're, and you're doing that whole concept, you're definitely going to use the sync button, which, you know, some people look down on, some people don't. It is what it is, and I don't even want to get into it. it but It's a tool. Yeah. If... if but if you're trying to play your music in the traditional sense of a DJ, this obviously wouldn't be for you. Right, right. Um, but if you're getting into more of the the looping and that style of mixing, I think And this not is... a lot of brand new DJs in 2016, 2017 are starting out with manual beat matching, I don't think. If right. they do that, they come back to it. At least that's the impression I get from our from our audience of younger and more more beginner DJs. Is that's kind of how they do. You're it, still, so. in, in, regardless if you're looking at a CDJ or you're looking at anything, it still has your BPM readout. So if I'm looking at, you know, my right deck and it says 129, and I change my left deck to 129, is that technically hitting the sync button? Well, and sure, because you're not manually yeah. using your ear to to. Hmm. Excuse me, to beat match. Very solid point. Right. You know, um, so, and you still have, you, you, can, you, can, you can map any two keys if you want to be your plus minus. So you can still bend. Pitch bend, yeah. You know, you can still bend. So it's, so it's, it's like all there. It's like mixing on X1s anyway, same idea. Absolutely. Right. It's still there. It's fully functional, um, you know, but that's, 
That's my setup under $500. Yeah, and that's that's a cool approach because, like you said, it, for people who really want to get under the hood of Tractor, and that's this is somewhere that Tractor really shines above the other software offerings is they, even though Native Instruments is offering all these really tight hardware software integration things like they do, they still they let you kind of do what you want with MIDI mm-hmm. and stuff. Right. And so and people forget, I think now, you know, how quickly we forget this is these are all MIDI controllers too. Like we right. can at least with Tractor, you can take, you know, I'm looking at a, a couple of pieces of gear on your desk right now, Trip, that you I mean, we could use either one of those, you know, this machine over here or your your control uh, keyboard, map those into Tractor. They all send MIDI messages and if it's got if it's laid out in such a way that it makes sense to you and you can DJ with it, then by all means, what, even, you know, you can right. use whatever you got that sends MIDI. Even the, even the X1s, um, I mean, I had version one of the X1s, and I believe it yeah. was Shift Hot Q turns it into MIDI mode. So you don't even have to use the plug and play. You can map it out how you mm-hmm. want. Yeah, that's, that's um, a really cool way to... It's, it's, I, I really think this is a tractor... Uh, ideal for tractor users and I, I think virtual dj i think you can get virtual dj is even more platform agnostic than tractor right, is i right. mean you could just whatever you've got throw it at us and we'll work as long with as you it. can map it right um, yeah. serato is probably the pickiest of the bunch it's you know you're either licensed to use this or you're not exactly so that might not be the approach for the, for you if you use <laughs> right. serato or something but um yeah so that's that's pretty awesome i dig that yeah it's definitely the route that i went i went from the cord micro control and the audio eight interface to the two X ones. Um, and I used the X ones as my actual, you know, my four deck controller. And I kind of got tired of, I don't want to say I got tired of it, but I wanted to get back to the physical part of playing mm-hmm. with the platters and the pit, <clears throat> excuse me, the platters and the pitch controls. And then when the CDJs came out with, you know, Pioneer came out with the integration of Tractor and the 900. I had to go with it. It was perfect timing, but, you know. To you can kind of get the best of both worlds there and play however you want. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's one thing, you know, being a, a Control S8 user, you know, and we were kind of messing around with the S8, you know, last night. And not having those platters there, it, it does take some getting used to. You can definitely do it. It was a little know? stressful at first. But, yeah. <laughs> you, you figure it out and, and you realize, okay, these touch strips are kind of filling the void there. And, right. and you know, a lot of controllers now have similar, you know, touch strips and bend, uh, pit, uh, pitch wheels and various right. things. And you can map all that stuff to, to Tractor. And it might not be as high resolution of a data transfer as doing something that's native instruments provided for example that's connecting through hid mode Mm -hmm. so that is to say the resolution might not be as fine so if you're doing say a rotary controller and you're trying to do a pitch adjustment we've only got like 127 steps in midi to work with so it's not it's kind of like using old 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 cdjs (laughs) that had not a very good pitch resolution Mm -hmm. so it's harder to hold a you know a beat you can run into some of that if you don't map things properly, which is why typically like pitch bend and, you know, things like that work out a little better than, than some of the rotary controllers for certain. And we could probably do a whole show on that. I would defer people to DJ Tech Tools, though, for if they want to get super like into messing with Tractor because they're they pretty much got that locked down over there. So yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a good resource for that. Um, I can go ahead and bring mine in. Mine's Tractor related. What you uh, got? 
I brought a, it's a different approach though. So um, I, I decided to do a tablet setup. So it's yeah, nice. yeah pretty simple. Um, so it, it does depend on iOS because I'm using Tractor DJ. Okay. Uh, so I went to nativeinstruments.com. Like, what are the requirements? <laughs> like, what I, iOS device do I need? And so I, I went with an iPad 2. So that was the minimum requirements. And I found one on eBay for 99 bucks. So, okay, that meets Say the requirements. What? <laughs> meets the requirements. That should be good. It's used, yep, you know. Yep, yep. Um, so there's that. And then if you get a the Control S2, which is extremely popular most of our audience knows what control s2 is the two channel version of the s4 right right um it is completely compatible with tractor dj on ios so all that stuff is plug and play i think you need an adapter which i probably forgot to include in it comes my with it. Pro- oh it does okay yeah. um so you basically show up with your tablet and your s2 and you're set and then you, you can monitor through your headphones you can plug into you know a big really? club rig yeah, it, the same with the S4, but the S4 is kind of wasteful if that's what you're doing with Tractor DJ because it's only two channels. Uh, so okay. you end up wasting a lot of right, 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 right. <laughs> real estate on the controller. Yeah, but yeah, so when you're monitoring, you're monitoring through like the headphone jack on the controller. It's just like using it with okay. a laptop. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, it, gotcha. Uh, well, not just. I mean, the, it's not as fully featured as Tractor Pro, so okay. I should throw that out there. Okay. Um, the, the effects you, are much more limited, and there's only two channels. And oh wait, when you said connector, were you talking about connector to the iPad or connector for the headphones? It it would be connector from the iPad to the controller. I think you need okay. like the the Apple camera adapter or something that gives you a USB port yeah, on an iPad, like a printer port to a that. Yeah, well, if it's iPad, there's too, it's some gonna dongle. That, it's going to be that 32-pin jack, but there's but then you can get that. Um, the earphone jack, the splitter, so that way yes. you can monitor through your headphones and send out to a source. Yes, yeah, so that 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 would be a way you could do it if you weren't using an S two. Correct. If you're um, just using the. Um, yeah, there's a headphone splitter yeah. that's like eight dollars or something, and basically it takes your stereo signal, it changes you to mono, and then splits your left and right signal into what's going to the house versus what you're queuing. Gotcha. So you sacrifice stereo signal. But in that case, all you need is an iPad if you if you're cool with just using touch and, and right. Whatever. And if you're using that to play out, you know, ninety nine percent of uh, uh, concert club rigs, all of that are, are all in mono anyway. Yeah. So so the the S two is three ninety nine, and you and that's brand new from Amazon. So you could find it used and save some money. Right. Um, the iPad was ninety nine dollars, and Tractor DJ for iOS is nine ninety nine, I think. So it comes in at about five hundred and eight dollars, something like that. Nice. Um, the catch with mine is I didn't <clears throat> I didn't include headphones in this setup. It didn't fit under budget, but I kind of like justified it by saying, "Yeah, but a lot of people have iPhones. You can even use an iPhone for this setup, right? iPhone right. or iPad." And so. If I have to include one, I toss in a set of earbuds. We're just getting started here. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. <laughs> who needs headphones when you have a sync button? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or just throw them away. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> so well, that's my kind of. Well, don't. The, well, but to also be fair, like let's say that the the iPad, the used iPad that you get, let's say the 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 person took really good care of it and included the earbuds that come with it. Right? Yeah. True. So, or 
or if you got an iPhone or whatever. Yeah, yeah as long as your iDevice is not too new. As long as, <laughs> as, long as your iDevice still supports headphones. Yeah, as long as it uh, accepts those crazy headphone jacks. Um, nice. So, it's you know, a, kind it's of... It's a sensitive subject. <laughs> Apple sucks. <laughs> shh, shh. <laughs> kind of the, the benefit of my setup is obviously extremely portable. Right. Um, very cheap, obviously, as all these are. Yeah. And it's, it is pretty much plug and play. So um, if you wanted a very portable setup and didn't want to have to go through the mapping process and stuff, this is a good way to do it. If you've, if you've already got a tablet or an iPhone laying around, mm -hmm. this is a really cheap way to try it. And you're, you'll have an all-in-one controller. You've got platters. You've got the whole business right there. Right. So, so and the, but uh, the one of the the um, challenges is that it's iOS specific, right? Yes. Yeah. So if, so if you've you're got an Android, Android user, you're or, out of luck. Or uh, you know any of the other tablets that aren't on either of those. Uh, yes. Now there are other tablet options and stuff, but right, right, yeah, right. I had to pick one. So. Right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, that's my tractor-ish, a tractor DJ related setup. Um, Mo, you want to go next? Sure, David. <laughs> so, uh, much like Mr. Michael, I went also with a Native Instruments based setup. Uh, mine actually used controllers instead of uh, instead of the, the smaller controllers. For those of you that aren't familiar with Native Instruments equipment, they have um, modular setups that you can create. So that way, if you don't feel the need to have this, the, something the size of an S2, this will shrink your footprint significantly. So I started off with the Tractor Z1, mm. which is a two-channel controller, and it's got your three-band EQ filter. It allows you to browse the tracks from the device. Or controller from, and audio interface. Correct. Too, right? and, yeah, and that's the big thing with this is you don't yeah. have to get a box to send to a source with the built-in sound card. So that kind of shrinks your footprint a little bit. And the good thing about this is you can actually cue with your headphones directly from that because it's got its own sound card. That goes for 200 bucks on Amazon, which I was able to find the price from that from your ultimate guide. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> PassionDJ.com slash controllers. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please, please use that, folks. <laughs> um, that came in at 200 bucks. And to go along with that, I also added on the Tractor X1. It's a basically has the, your FX units, and with that you can start. You can do loops, and it's also got a touch strip, so you can kind of push or nudge your tracks if they're not perfectly synced up, and it allows you to manipulate the effects with a touchpad. So hmm. if you're, you know, throwing like an echo in there, you can uh, add or subtract a little bit of the effect. And the cool thing about that is when you're using that touch strip, when uh, instead of having to dial the knob back to the milk line back at zero, you just like pick your finger up and it takes it back to zero effect. Nice. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. From a workflow standpoint. Right. Uh, another option, if you don't go with that X1, would be to use an F1. And that's also coming in at $200. And, but I think that would be more geared towards people that are into using loops and... Uh, custom uh, custom loops, yeah. So uh, the one shots, things like that. Go ahead. The F one came out uh, alongside Remix Dex and Tractor, and that was kind of the first Remix Dex controller. So it's a set of what sixteen pads. Sixteen pads, and then so it basically kind of has the 
similar functionality to like the S5 or S8 when it comes to controlling the remix decks only without the screen and everything on it. Yeah, and it's specifically um, designed... It's like the four sliders and yeah. the... Yeah. Specifically designed for using uh, the remix sets. So it's got 16 pads, but it's got four pages of pads, so you have up to 64. Yeah. And, and once again, you could map all that however you wanted correct. if you wanted to use it for some other purpose. Yeah. Correct. Um, you could use it like a drum machine, essentially, if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. You know, I ended up buying an F1 when it first came out, and that's when I kind of, when I was talking about earlier, I got tired of pushing buttons mm -hmm. and wanting to get into the function Touch. or the, the physical part of playing. And it just sat there forever, but I wish I would have actually dove into it because it's a cool piece. Yeah, and it, it's kind of funny you say that because I bought one just because I saw one on sale one day mm -hmm. and kind of just sat off to the side. And I didn't start using it until I started DJing my son's football games. And I used that as like a, a launch pad. So I built nice. all these sample decks, mm -hmm. you know, you know, football, you know, sports related type little things you know like mm -hmm. if someone gets like a nice let's run, get ready to run yeah. <laughs> so like if you know if, if one of the running backs just like bowls over a linebacker i, I have one cue for that song run by a wall nation you know <laughs> run it no 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 nice. you know, so and just like little things like you know the 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 mascot is the bear cat so like whenever they get a first down like i have a bear growl you know things like that so it's really easy because just flipping through those four pages it's a lot easier than having to figure out what track you want to play because the, the game happens so fast for American right. football right. that you have to kind of have something pre-positioned. And this gave me a lot more flexibility to get the crowd engaged. And it's actually kind of fun because, you know, they kind of listen to hear the bear growl and things like that now. And mm -hmm. it was really cool to like see my impact on the crowd and as well as the athletes too. That's cool. So that's cool. I like having that as an, as an alternate option because depending on the type of DJing that you feel like you're going to be doing, that mm -hmm. might be better than having something that's more geared towards long blends and, right, and stuff. Right. If you need something where you just, if you're doing a lot of very uh, event driven, time sensitive, you know, something like a sporting event or a fashion show or something where you have to be reactive that right. might be a better option to where you just need to trigger stuff. Yep. But know? even that, if you're into the more production aspect of it and you like to do like live remixes, this gives you that flexibility because you mm -hmm. can capture live loops while you're playing uh, with the device. It's got four individual um, volume faders and it's got four individual um, filters as well for each mm. channel. And... So for your, uh, you said sample decks. I mean, have you have you built like a custom remix set, or how how did you build that for the football game? Yeah, yeah. I uh, went through and I just uh, thought about the things I want to hear, like while I'm at a football game or when I've been to American college football games. I've gone to those and just you know recycled the things that I've heard basketball, any kind of sporting event. So what I did is I had most of those songs already in my collection, and I just went into Tractor and built a loop and pulled it into my remix set. Mm. And then you can save all those loops. So it's just drag and drop? Correct. Uh, there's a couple little steps you have to take, but it's relatively simple. Nothing you can't figure out with a, with a quick YouTube search. And saved all 64 samples as a remix set. And I actually have, a, I'm like on my third version of it, because most of them are pretty much the same. But once you have all those remix loops, or once you have all those loops, or one put one punches or whatever you have created, you just drag and drop, and you can save another remix set nice. under a different name. So, and then you could color code them too, right? Yeah, respond it, to it, the it, buttons. Yeah. And... So there's, I think it's it's got the RGB, you know, red, green, mm -hmm. blue pads, mm -hmm. and so variations. I think there's roughly like 16 different colors you can use 
for each pad. So if you're someone who likes to do like percussion, you know, on a pad, you could color coordinate it, you know, a snare versus a drum versus a hi-hat. Yeah, it's not just to make it pretty. I mean, no, it, it helps you right. give a quick visual to what's on the screen versus what's on the button so you don't hit the wrong thing. Yeah, <laughs> because I took advantage of that. So I have like, you know, offensive cues are like blue, defensive are ah, red. Ah, nice. And then like crowd type response things are purple because I know that, you know, combination of blue and red that I know it can go yeah, either way. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and Clever. You're um. The only issue is like a little bit of a screen real estate issue because when you're looking at the screen and you have all these samples in there, the print is kind of small. So you got to be very uh, judicious that was, in how you label them. That was my kind of, I don't even want to say a peeve, but that was my drawback, I guess, from that because I, my vision isn't the best and <laughs> happen to look and yeah. Yeah, why do you think, that's why I bought the Big Mac book. <laughs> the 13 inch wasn't going to cut it for me. So it... And the cool thing about if you're into producing your own music, Native Instruments is very good about every month, it seems like, they come out with free remix sets. And they're coming out from, it's not just something they're putting out, but there's like pretty decent known producers, like Felix the Housecat, he's a big uh, Native Instruments guy, and he Mm -hmm. puts out remix sets routinely. And these things, are they cover all genres from house, uh, trance, there's uh, even some classical stuff in there. Uh, ambient so you can basically take all these and they're free and you can build your own mic- remix set and do whatever you want to with it so that's pretty cool I'd say right now if you went out and downloaded there's something ridiculous like 10 gigs of free remix sets and and speaking on that point too I I, I believe you can uh, stems as well uh, you can use that, mm-hmm. that, that was my last okay point here. and ah. and yeah. now with the big new tractor update even sequencing i think you can do mm-hmm. with that so so that was the big golden nugget i was going to have at the end if you did select the f1 versus the x1 is that it is compatible with stems yeah. for those of you that don't i stomped all over your mom <laughs> <right there. laughs> it's okay <laughs> so if you're not familiar with stems what it is it's a it's an audio file and they're rather large and it contains five files. One of them is the master track and the other four tracks are, you know, your, your rhythm, your synth, your vocal and your bass. Well, you can arrange it any way you want. Right. That's what I was going to say. For example. Yeah. But that's the generic setup. And what you can do is you can isolate each part of that track. So for instance, if you had two stems tracks that were of comparable key and BPM, but I mean, we can always use that that button that we don't like to talk about too. <laughs> and you could lay like a vocal of like Black Sheep over a Donna Lewis track, which I did one time. That was pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Was, my, my wife was like, what in the hell is that? <laughs> I was like, that's magic. That's what that is. Um, it definitely so, gives you more options. Correct. Tons more options. And, and also from the aspect of using stems, this gives you access and the ability to use them without having to buy an S8 or an S5 or a D2. Yes. And the S4, I believe, is compatible with stems as well. And it, now it doesn't have the screen, so you can't see them in the traditional sense of the stems yeah. that, you're, that you would expect from an uh, S8. But on the screen, it'll give you that format, that layout, that four-track layout. But the pad itself becomes a UV meter. So it kind of gives you that same feedback, but it's vertical instead of horizontal. On, on, on the, on the, on, on the 16, yeah, on the 16 ah. keys. So it's a, it acts as a UV meter. It's pretty cool. I'll, oh, that's I'll, cool. I'll bring it over and let you check it out one time. It's, yeah. it's pretty sweet. It's like a disco ball. <laughs> <laughs> so 
with all these with these options, they're compatible with Tractor DJ, which you can get from the iOS store for I think when I checked today it was like five bucks. Oh, was it? Yeah, so it's it's dropped Woo-hoo. in price. Woo! That almost puts me under the actual five hundred dollars. Yes, it does. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I did better than uh, I thought. <laughs> you can use your iPhone or your iPad for this if you don't have a PC. So that gives that kind of opens up the aperture for people, you know, that might not necessarily have a laptop. Is that because a lot of people have a phone? Go ahead. If you don't want to do all the stems and remix decks and all Correct. that. Correct. Just to, if to you throw just that want in to, there. <laughs> quote, if you just want to air quote DJ, yeah. yeah, you don't need an actual laptop. You can do it from something as simple as your phone. Uh, the only setback to these three items is they only come with Tractor LE, which is the very skinny down version. And I think you can only use it for like an hour at a time or something. What? Or maybe that was just the demo that you could use for an hour. I think that's, that's what that it was. That like a demo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the LE, I've never used the LE because when I bought my S2, it came with a Tractor Pro. Yeah, I've I've used it. They you, they used to have Tractor Duo and LE, and they've kind of I think they've kind of I think they just got to LE. Yeah, and it's basically just like a two two deck version. You know, I think it, you can't use all the effects. Or yeah, something. they nerf it a little bit, but it's it's fully functional software. I mean, you can you could play out with it. But if you wanted to, you could always use uh, what Virtual DJ. Mm-hmm. Provided you're not playing out, because then you'll be violating the rules with virtual DJ. Yeah, <laughs> the passion unspo- DJ, yeah, DJ is not respl- claiming a responsibility. The unspoken rule yes. of what software you're allowed to use. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the nice thing about that, if you buy these, and I don't know if you, if you buy them from Amazon, if you get this or not, but if you buy the products directly from Native Instruments, either one of these three items comes with a $50 gift card. Oh. So if you were to buy two of these pieces, you would essentially get Tractor Pro for free because it costs 100 bucks. Or if you wanted to, you'd get Tractor uh, Scratch. How clever of you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it. But, you know, also, so if you did buy, you know, the, the two pieces, you could put that $100 gift cards towards the F1 or the X1, whichever you didn't get. So now you get even more yeah. flexibility. So... Because I think I'm only at, oh, so headphones, I'll get to that in a second. But you're, you'd still be right hovering around that $500 mark, even if you got all three, because you're getting $150 in rebates, nice. in theory. Um, and with headphones, and it's a kind of a funny story behind this, is I picked out a, a Skullcandy Hesh 2. Um, I went to do a show, and... Something happened to my headphones, you know, because something always does happen. And my son just happened to have his headphones. I was like, dude, I need your headphones. He was like, why? I was like, dude, I don't have any headphones. He's like, what am I going to listen to? Like, I don't care what you're going to listen to. I need <laughs> headphones. Listen to me. Yeah. You're going to listen to me drop Dope Beats. Now go sit in the corner and shake your head. Go to your room. Yeah. Listen to Dope Beats. So, um, yeah, I force you to listen to Dope Beats. So, and as I, you know, I put them on and I used them. And what I, what I didn't notice is that the, um, the bridge piece is rubber. So it kind of rotates and it's real flexible, mm-hmm. and it's got it's the over the ear, so they're cups, and it actually uh, you can disconnect the cord from the headphones as well as just from the uh, whatever you're plugging into as far as your monitoring source. So I've actually went and bought my own after that, mm-hmm. and that's what I use for my DJing headphones because for nice. excuse me for fifty bucks, I mean you, I really can't beat it. Right, and and they're I've had those for two years or so, and if I lose them, I'm out fifty bucks. Right. You know, versus buying, you know, some in-ear monitors that are like 200 bucks a pop. 
or something like that. So that's my setup with the Z1 as your, uh, your two-channel controller. And then from there, you have options. You can go with the X1 or the F1. Um, but like I said, if you go with all three, you wind up getting $150 in rebates that you can apply towards either the full version of the software or maybe even getting both the X1 and the F1. Nice. So you're like the extreme couponer of DJs, right? right? Like, uh, I'm, I'm sitting over here like, I'm, I'm like... I feel like I didn't do my homework. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, wow, I need to go back. And <laughs> so that that's cool. The um, That's almost exactly the setup that we had, Tony, when mm -hmm. we went to Detroit this mm -hmm. year. And uh, we all kind of brought a couple little pieces, parts pieces, to, to DJ in the hotel room, you know, after hours or whatever. And it was a Z1 and an X1 mm -hmm. and just whatever laptop we had. And, and then and I brought my, you know, monitor and we... Yeah. And to be out. completely honest, I, I didn't come up with this setup on my own because a guy was uh, out of the country with couple years ago dj geo shout out mm -hmm. uh he's out of boise idaho he actually had this set up and that was the first time i'd ever seen it and i was like huh that's pretty smart you know because it's, it's it's a small footprint right, right. you know mm -hmm. it's relatively yeah. low cost it does everything you need it to now you don't have the tactile with the platters it was great like for that. the hotel room it yeah. was perfect yeah. <laughs> i like the um how you were talking about doing the football game how it, it doesn't um it, it's not so much mixing dj but you still have the one shots and the things like that to add those uh those sounds and and it, it's pretty yeah, cool you don't yeah. get a block of two hours so it's kind of it's inherently a different kind of djing i think yeah because i have to watch the play decide whether it's worth using a sound clip for and then pick the correct sound clip it's probably for that situation even when i came in here today <laughs> and jimmy played the the also famous <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Sound, you know, it's it's kind of the same concept, but you know, different sounds, and you, they're all color coded. Mm -hmm. It's it's yeah, I like that setup. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I, I think by far the most fa the 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 crowd favorite as far as uh, loops that I'll play is uh, Rough Riders Anthem. Yeah. <laughs> Stop, drop, drop shut them down, down, open up shop. Yeah, yeah so like <laughs> I, I use that for the defense, and the defensive guys kind of look for me to like if they lay someone out. You know, like the whole bench is like going crazy. And there's one particular dad in the stands. Like every time I play, he's up there and he's waving his shirt around his head. You know, he's just getting it. I'm like, and like, I was like, see, you know, the, the power of music. Right. Because it's still right DJing. There. It's still reading your it's crowd, crowd yeah. And, yeah. And, and things like that. And it's, yeah, I really, when you start talking about that, I, I really dig it. I'm and gonna... also if I could just jump into, since we, we both mentioned, um, DJing with a mobile platform, mm -hmm. you know, like iOS or something like that. If I could just kind of jump in and kind of stand up for that, because I, I think people still get a lot of shit for like, well, are you DJing on an iPad or whatever. Mm, or yeah. Like, I just want to make the point that it's funny that everybody is okay with DJing off of a USB stick. <laughs> But if you take a USB stick and add a CPU and a screen, suddenly it's cheating. Or <laughs> so just throwing that out there to the world. A rose by any other name. Right. <laughs> nice. All right, Trip. What's your approach to this whole? Oh wait, we, did we get a total? Oh, total. So just with the uh, two pieces in the headphones, we're talking four fifty, and I'm buying tacos Man. and Red Bull with the rest. Man. <laughs> Killed it. All right. All right. But I'll share. I'll share. 
Good, because I went over. So, <laughs> so I'm going to need a taco. Basically, you made this possible because we all went a little over budget. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Law of averages, right? So, uh, so I kind of had a feeling that everybody was going to go the way that they did. I mean, I know that we all kind of, you know, split up, you know, who was going to take which avenue, but... I, I kind of had a feeling that all three of you guys were going to go native instruments. Yeah, it's um, hard not to, or right? Yeah. Track exactly. your geeks <laughs> exactly. Um, but um, so the approach that I took was more traditionalist. So I went with t- uh, like physical turntables, mixer, headphones. You know the the true snob. <laughs> 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 Basically, Dinosaur. what he's saying is, I'm better than you because I'm a purist. No, no, no. Just I know that there's there's still a demographic out there that 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 speaks to. So, and that's how I got my start. So I thought I felt that I I would I would be able to put a little bit more research into it and 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 be a little more honest with it rather than search out some new technology or some. Something that I'm not as familiar with. And plus, this kind of gives, shows an option for, I mean, this might not be for somebody who's a brand new DJ, but just somebody who wants to start mixing records right. to see right. what some and, options And to be are. completely honest, after reading your notes last night, I was telling Melissa, I was like, hey, uh, Trip just came up with this, and I'm buying these things. <laughs> Look, honey. Yeah. As I'm hitting buy on Amazon. <laughs> right. After going through Passionate DJ Podcast, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were able to get pretty close to $500 yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with a full with, hardware? Yeah. Yeah, and, analog I, setup. and with with a caveat, if if you if you uh, down if you if you downgrade the mixer a little bit and go with a cheaper set of headphones, then yeah, you can definitely come in under five hundred bucks. Okay. So the only reason that I went over was because I went with a with a better mixer and a better set of headphones. Okay. What you got? So um, uh, the bulk of the cost is going to be in the turntables because that's they're not they're doing the most (laughs) right right um now the reason that these are as as high as they are so we're talking 328 dollars uh on amazon used on amazon um the the whole reason is because i went direct drive now is is this each or a pair no that's for the pair okay so the the (laughs) exactly so um the whole the whole reason for that, uh, that direct drive parameter there, that's that's a requirement in in my eyes because anybody who's ever tried to do anything with a belt driven table knows you can't do anything with a belt driven table. So if you're trying to scratch, if you're trying to cue, if you're trying to do anything, the minute you touch that, all all momentum, all power, all everything is lost in that platter. So the sixty second elevator spiel. Why don't you want to use? belt versus direct because the direct drive is a motor that's an actual motor under that platter that maintains uh the speed torque and power of the platter much better than a belt does so and i believe like even now audiophile turntables are still belt driven right is that correct yeah and and i'm not sure exactly why that is i would imagine because it's cheaper to do a belt and it, well, like audiophiles don't care about cheap. Well, I'll, I'll give you that all day, but at the same time, you know, if it's if it's cheaper, and, and I don't know, I mean, that, that's really the the main thing. That it's I something I found of. interesting. That and you know, most audiophiles, if they're buying a record player for the sake of listening to music, but they're not DJing, like that's where we get you know mm. a lot of the the edge in DJing is that that direct drive can keep up 
with whatever pressure and abuse that we put on the bladder. Yeah, it's a torque thing for us. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Anytime you're touching that and changing the direction, the faster that the turntable can react, the better. Exactly, exactly. So while the Technique 1200 is the Cadillac, you're not going to find those for $328 yeah. uh, for both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might find Unless one Unless you're buying them out of a back of a truck at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I came damn close to paying that for mine, though. <laughs> right. Back in the end of the 2000s, right. I got a deal. Yeah, it was like yeah. 425 for the pair with coffins. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> fire sale. Yeah, right. I was, it was crazy. I, even back then, I was like, "Are you for both?" Right? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> sold. Had needles on it. Had everything. Yeah, like, yeah. So it was the guy it, constantly looking over his shoulder as yeah. he's trying to sell them to you. <laughs> he ran down the back alley. Like, <laughs> we got to hurry this up. Right. So, um, so what I went with was the Stanton T62B. Okay. Uh, the reason why is that again, those were the direct drive. There now, Stanton does make a, a T60, uh, but that's belt driven. So, and okay. those are, and even those T60s are even cheaper. So, um, you know, if you want to try doing the belt drive and save some cash, I mean, more power to you. But I've I've tried it. I've done it. It's it's not pretty. So um, yeah, <laughs> stick go, with it. Don't go there, kids. Yeah, at minimum requirement, you know, to get into. Uh, uh, turntable DJing stick with direct drive. Um, so yeah, like I said, $328 for, uh, for two of those used on Amazon. Um, then two Ortofon Omega cartridges. So unfortunately turntables don't come with needles. Right. <laughs> uh, I went with these because, um, they were, uh, they're from Ortofon, which is a, one of the most reliable industry standard. Um, there's the, you know, sure, of course, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, shores are, can be pretty expensive as well. So, um, you know, for a set, a set of two, uh, cartridges, uh, $64. Now you'll have to mount them to the head shells and, and wire them up, but I mean, it's not that hard. Um, so for the mixer, I went with, uh, a Behringer NOX 101. Okay. You're going to have to convince me on that one. Yeah. It, Behringer so, mixers make me scared. Well, and here's why. Like clowns? <laughs> <laughs> a little different than clowns. Oh, my, my bad. Did I, did I just use my inside voice? Again? <laughs> so with Behringer, I absolutely agree. Um, when you buy a Behringer mixer, you need to know what you're buying. You're not buying a top-of-the-line, top-shelf mixer. You're buying a budget-brand mixer. Mm-hmm. Behringer actually you know, stormed the market with their knockoffs of the DJMs. Right, right. And everybody, not everybody, but, you know, a lot of people ran out and bought those, you know, what are they, what are they, DJXs or whatever their their model number is. Yeah, you almost can't tell them apart at a glance. At a glance, exactly. But the sound quality is drastically different and the build quality is drastically different. And you can't take the same beating. Right. You know, a a year on a, on a Behringer, uh, in a club environment is the channels are bleeding. uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's why I asked, I didn't know if, if this was this particular mixer was because in Behringer's defense, they've come out with some pretty good DJ stuff in the past few years. And they, so I, I realize that I'm coming into this with a bias because I'm right. I'm thinking of those knockoff mixers. Right. 
But I mean, Behringer has has created some great, even outside of the DJ realm, they've created some great audio gear, yep, and yep. they're they're like console mixers and all that stuff. All that yep. stuff, you even people swear monitors, by powered and, monitors, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So it's not that they only make garbage. I'm only right. comparing it to one model, model that's stuck in my head. So, <laughs> and if I remember correctly, it's just they use really really cheap parts. Oh yeah, to yeah. To, to lower to lower yeah. the barrier to entry. Well, yeah. I mean, because the DJM mixers at any given time that they ever came out were over a thousand dollars, you know. So when you know uh, DJM five hundred when it came out was what nine hundred a thousand dollars? Yeah, thousand. And then the six hundred when it came out was about twelve thirteen hundred. And then everything mm. since it's then. It's only gotten crazier for me. Right, yeah. exactly. What's what's a 900 yeah, Nexus run right now? 2000? Nexus 2 is like 2100. Nexus 2 is 2100. The regular Nexus, I believe, is still like right at 15. Yeah, yeah. So It's you that know. Pioneer tax. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, for sure. So when Behringer comes out and, you know, their knockoff of a DJM 600 was like, what, two, three, four hundred dollars something somewhere in that yeah. area? So, yeah. Alarmingly low. Uh, right, yeah. right. So, you know, of course, everybody flocked to that because, hey, if I can get all the same functionality in a very familiar setup and, you know, it does yeah. all of those same things, but people found out that they just, they weren't built for the long and it's haul. And the reason I bring that up is it's, it's kind of unfortunate that it gave Behringer that... That stigma. Uh, yeah. Stigma, yeah, yeah because they, they actually have made some pretty good gear yeah. outside of that, so... With this particular mixer, I mean, is it so, is it comparable to something, or what's no, what's it like? No, so no, that that's that's the whole thing for me. When I was doing my research, what I actually started off with was some like uh, Gemini mixer that was thirty dollars. Okay, like and but the reason I I shied away from that, despite being so budget friendly, it was a two channel mixer, no frills, no thrills. It was just you know two channels. Uh, two sliders plus a crossfader and, you know, RCA in, RCA out. Very, very, very small, you know, small footprint, just really easy to use. But it only had a low and a mid or a low and a high yeah. for the EQ. Okay. And then and I was like, well, OK, if this is only thirty dollars, I've got a little bit of money that I can, yeah. you know, that I can play with in my budget. So. I started looking up a little bit higher, you know, $40 range, $50 range, you know, start and, and the high, like everything I was looking at in that range only gives you, you know, bass and treble. That's it, you know, and for us that have been doing this for a while, we all know how important that mid range is yeah. on the EQ. So, you know, for somebody who's just starting out, I would suggest starting out with a mixer that has the three band EQ rather than a two-band EQ, because you'll learn really quickly how much you're actually missing, missing in yeah. that. Like, I'm sitting over here, like, I, I wish more mixers had a four-band four band. EQ, right. like, like some Absolutely. of the Allen and Heath. Or and even, <laughs> yeah, the assignables. And, yeah. yeah, like, let me decide what my what yeah. my uh, slope levels are and all that, yeah. So that's the only reason is that, that I ended up with this mixer, because for the sourcing uh, for the sources that I was looking at, this was the cheapest mixer that gave uh, a three band EQ and, um, an led visual of mm, visual your, feedback, uh, of yeah. your, of your output. Yeah. You know, that's because easy to skip over and you, <laughs> Oh crap. <laughs> right. Because yeah. with all of those things that were cheaper, 
then, you know, you don't have that visual feedback. So you have no idea if you're redlining, you're missing, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, unless you you're, know what it sounds a, like when you're redlining. <laughs> or if you have an ex- another mixer. Right. You know, a sound board to run it through. Right. Exactly. So uh, if I remember right, I think that one, uh, that particular mixer brought me in somewhere around uh, the $50, $60 range. Oh, okay. Um, so then um, the Behringer HPX 6000s. For uh for headphones, those uh, ran fifty bucks new on Amazon. Oh, okay. So the only reason I really went with those, not through any personal um, uh, uh, experience with them, but because of what you just said, like yes, there's there's these lines th- from Behringer that people had issues with, but they have put out a lot of good stuff, and those particular headphones. Um, they are closely, you know, designed just like the, you know, any other DJ headphones, swivel cups, blah, 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 and, uh, over the ear, the whole mm-hmm. nine yards. Um, and everywhere, you know, they at least got three and a half to four star ratings, Okay, you know, so for a budget headphone, I think that's not that that's not yeah. bad. So I ended up coming in right about the $520 mark. Uh, like I said, if you, if you sacrifice a little bit on, on, uh, the headphones and, uh, the mixer, then you can definitely come in under $500. Now the, the, the constraint to this setup is that it does not get you into the digital game. You are running strictly analog, which means that you are, you know, running with records. Now, if you're running with records, that in itself can be a very expensive hobby. Yes. Um, yep. You know, with you most, can't just buy one track. That's yeah. right. You go know, buy a used lot to get started. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you're on a budget, because if, go buy a couple hundred records, spend a hundred bucks or whatever, and be done right, with it right. until you get your which, footing. Oh, there's a lot of that out there, guys. Just yep. uh, yeah. Well, at least in you know the United States, Craigslist, Discogs, eBay, my basement, Drew's <laughs> <Church> basement. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, yeah, like I said, I mean that doesn't get you anywhere in in into the realm of Serato Tractor, any of that, any of the DVS uh, record box, any of that stuff. Um, but one thing that it does do is that if you're if you are even remotely interested in scratching the Stanton turntables uh, have the straight arms, which a mm-hmm. lot of hip hop scratch DJs swear by and say that it helps maintain the needle in the groove when you put okay. the, the pressure and, and, and movement on those. Um, you know, with a lot of people, you know, they uh, notoriously put nickels and pennies and right. quarters <laughs> on the head shell of technique 1200s if you're a scratch dj because it helps you know push that needle down into the groove prevents it from skipping a little bit more um so i don't i'm not a scratch dj so i don't have that um that uh experience to speak from all i can say is that from what i've read and from what i've heard and been told by you know uh, scratch djs that um, the they've had good experiences with the Stanton uh, turntables with the straight arms. Straight arms. Yeah. So then the only catch there would be is the Behringer mixer up to the task on that. The, right. the crossfader. A right. is it durable enough, and B does it have a curve adjustment? Exactly. I'm, I'm not sure if it does uh, or not. And and that's one thing that I I, I didn't check on, but um, you know. Strictly try, just trying to stick with, with yeah, the budget. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> as soon as you get, it seems like as soon as you add one more knob, then there yeah. goes another. Yep, there it goes. You know, yep, add 15% more. Yeah, well, the, I mean, this is why we're doing this episode. Right. Like, yeah. What can we do for 500 yeah, what, bucks? Yeah, what can know? we get away with? Right, yeah. right. But like for myself, I think this, some of these, some of us that are trying to look to get into that, uh, 
turntable world, you know, I think I'm probably going to look at getting some of these Stantons for myself now. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that was the other question. Um, do they, are they self-grounding? Um, I'm not sure. Okay, because I know that's like always like the Probably. Band. Yeah. yeah. It, it, a lot of modern turntables are now. Okay. Um, if they're not, it's fairly easy to do so. Yeah, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, a lot of uh, turntables you have to use a, there's a ground wire. Specifically techniques. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a ground wire and you got to plug it into a peg on the back of the mixer, mixer or, yeah. or, or modify them so that you don't have to do that. Or you can go back to uh, the Passionate DJ episode where I yeah, describe how you can do that yourself. internally ground them. <laughs> yes, what was Blood that episode called? No uh, Turntable Maintenance and Mods. Yep. Drop that in the mods. show notes. We yep, can, for sure. It's a great episode. Um, so uh, since we're talking budget, um, just to bring Behringer back up again, mm -hmm. their controller line nowadays um, is pretty good, yeah. seemingly. like they're, Especially their modulars. Like, they have a lot of stuff that's kind of similar to the Native Instruments modular, same kind of mm -hmm. form factor, that long, skinny right. controller. Um, and they have them for all various purposes. And so they, they've actually got kind of a robust line for, for budget-minded right. uh, people. to. So that's something worth, worth a look. Um, and man, oh, and if you want to get into DVS, um, obviously you can't probably can't do it under budget here, but right. with your setup trip, um, you're not far away from being able to do that. Assuming no. you have a laptop or something, yep. As, you, know, you toss in like an Audio Eight off of eBay or something, some right. scratch interface and and a license, and right, you're, and you're in the ballpark. Exactly. Like uh, um, with that particular setup, you could go any number of ways. You uh, specifically, you could go uh, the the tractor or the Serato route. Uh, the key there would be which interface do you go with. So if you and if if you're budget minded and you just want to get started with Serato, instead of going SL2, SL3, SL4, you could just start with an SL1, which is their original line um, of the Scratch Live. Uh, that gets you into DVS and you totally control everything uh, from your lap uh, with your laptop from the uh, control records on the platters. Um, once you get into SL2, three and uh, and above, then you're talking. Uh, Serato DJ, which is their more modern uh, current software offering. Um, but yeah, to your point, or you could go the other route and pick up an audio, uh, a complete audio uh, interface and go the tractor route as well. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the Behringer site here, they have about six different DJ mixers. Yep. So, yep. It looked like they've really come a long way, too. I mean, just based on the pictures, I mean, you yeah. can't really tell, but they're, they're obviously not just straight copies of of pioneer mixers anymore right. <laughs> at least the ones right. i'm looking at right now <laughs> yeah. so what are some of the m more uh cheap budget maybe ghetto setups that you guys have played on our own do you have any oh, st uh, stories man. on that talking recently or are you talking ever uh, yeah either either or I, the so Radio I, Shack mixer. We've I think we've all been, yeah. been faced with that beast. Realistic. realistic. Yeah. yeah. God. And boy, it was not realistic. Yeah. <laughs> far from its name. Far from it. Right. Yeah. Right. It's realistically awful. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was first getting into it, I I started out on an earlier version of Tractor, kind of like you, Tony, and I was using a uh, a keyboard that I had mapped, uh, you know, MIDI messages to. But uh, I, I decided that I wanted to get into uh, 
I wanted to figure out what it was like to DJ outside of software. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, it was probably eBay or something like that. I got on and found an old pair of CDJ 700s and a DJM 300. So, which nobody's ever even heard of those probably. So they (laughs) basically, the CDJ 700 was the American version of what uh, Europeans would call a CDJ 500. And they were, they only played CDs, Mm -hmm. right? Like they they did nothing else. No MP3, no nothing. Just you put a CD in and play it. They have the, was it the top loading? It was top loading. I remember. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you'd push the button and it'd go clunk and open up like a clamshell and you'd drop the CD in and close it clunk. Very mechanical, very, you know, but they were small. It was, for what it was, it was pretty portable, mm-hmm. and it taught me how how to mix, for sure. Right. Because the, the pitch resolution on that was, like, 0.1%. So, I mean, it's, like, it had jo- what they called jog dials on it. So they were, um, rather than the outer ring, it was, like, the whole thing it had, like, an indent in for the top finger? for your index finger, and uh, you just twirl right, it around. Right, right. Oh, like those old Gemini CD... Yeah, 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 where it has like a, a groove in it. Yeah. And you just, yeah. But it was, uh, so it, it worked kind of similar to the way you would expect a CDJ now as far as the pitch bend and stuff, but there was no scratch. There was, so right. if you, if anybody's ever used old CD, CDJs or used modern ones in what they call CDJ mode instead of vinyl mode, vinyl mode right. it had that stutter cue. So you would find, instead of like mm, when a record, when beat. you're cueing it, mm. you kind of move the record until you hear that first kick or whatever. It goes mm-hmm. thump. And you just kind of move your finger back and find it. This was more; it would just play a half second over and over. So you'd have to move the dial back just a little bit until you barely. Okay, that's the beginning of the sample, which works really well, by the way. But when I first got back into DJing a few years ago, I was expecting that to happen again when I was queuing songs. So when I was able to, like, with precision, like find exactly where I wanted to go, I was like, oh, yeah. I don't have to deal with that headache anymore. I, I no. found it was hard to switch, though. I got so used to that stutter cue because I found that if, if I move it just enough to where I almost can't hear it anymore, that's about as beginning of the sample as you're going to get. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. you just hit the cue button, and then there you go. You're right. That's where it is. And <laughs> the uh, the original, the it was Denon. They had the 1500 and mm-hmm. the 2500. The jog wheel was probably about the size of a 50-cent piece. <laughs> <laughs> and the pitch bend was only uh, were buttons. It was plus minus. Yeah. Right. And that's all was that was. one of those console Yeah, ones? Yeah, it was. It was like a wide the, one? Yeah, it was the... Um, it was the console was separate from the actual CD load. Yeah, it was still yep. like CD trays like that came out thing. that were two, yeah. you know, two and one. Yeah, the Gemini one was exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I just threw a Gemini one out. No kidding. Well, I bought, I bought that... Huge uh, DJ rig that I bought that uh, a buddy of mine was selling just tons and tons of equipment, and I just wanted the speakers, but he was selling it all as a package. Mm, yep. And that thing was sitting in my basement. I don't even know how long, probably 10 years. Could know, have been a baller like, on a budget, man. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't even functioning anymore, but, you know, before I, before I threw it out, I was like, man, wow. This is what the CD, like the whole CD turntable thing used to be, came from. You know, it didn't have the platters. It didn't have any of that stuff. Yep. To see where it's come from since those. And we were using those 1992, 90, uh, 90, when was it? I was using it. It was 94. Um, 
I first used it at, at Daddio's, which was a top 40 club in Dayton in 92, 93, but 94, that's my buddy that was playing in Florida. That's all he played was the promo only CDs <laughs> and then used the Denon 2500. Cheating I, with was, CDs. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was, it was great because it was pretty on point for CD yeah. mixing back then, right. you know, without having the platter, yep. you know, just a plus minus, but you still, it didn't have the display with the tell you the BPMs or anything. So you still had to do it by ear. Yeah. Either. Yeah. I think it just told you, at least for the, uh, the Gemini ones, it just told you like a percentage or it gave a you a percentage. Decimal or something. It was, it was a percentage. Yeah. And then it had the time of the track. Yeah. At the time. And it gave display. you the count up and count down. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah, that was murder trying to mm -hmm. figure that out. Mine mostly said, ERR dash. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I tried it. So, <laughs> Yeah, for me, I, I started on a pair of Gemini XL 502s and a Newmark. What, what, what was what was that? A DX 1001X with or the, something? With the arc? Yeah, the arching yeah. Uh, the, LED the lights. Meters, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I've played some pretty jacked up systems. You know, I mean, even sometimes, you know, if somebody puts down a technique in front of you, not all techniques have been taken care of in the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, you know, I've I've played on some techniques where oh. you, I mean, it, you got to ride them. The you first know, set of techniques that I bought for myself, I saved up. They were it was two twenty five each, but they were used, and they, I mean, they were abused. From I bought them when I was seventeen or eighteen, and they went through three different teen clubs oh, man. and yeah. I mean, and even, uh, an 18 and up club and it had rumplements and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> spilled in it. And Allegedly. The, the pitch control between negative two and zero was like was plus two to plus four. <laughs> yeah. So you had to constantly write it. it. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I kind of look back and think God that it helped me. Exactly yeah, what I was about to, to say about to my setup. Like I mean, you know, when I came across my first set of techs and uh, DJM uh, uh, mixer and all that stuff, it was it was like just a, a chance opportunity. A uh, buddy of mine, he he had bought all this equipment, was not a DJ, you know, was just you know had a bunch of money to burn, and then all of a sudden his dog ate a packing staple. And, oh, you know, it like was chewing up a cardboard box for a refrigerator or a washing machine or something and swallowed the staples. So then like he had to rush the dog to the vet and then the, he, the vet's telling him how much it's going to cost him. And he's like, OK, I got to sell a bunch of crap all of a sudden. He calls me up. He says, hey, uh, you're getting pretty good at this DJing thing. You want to uh, you want to buy my equipment? I was all like, is that a joke? And I was like. <laughs> How much? And, you know, I'm thinking he's going to, you know, ask three grand for everything because that's what it was worth. He goes, sell it all to you for a grand right now. Uh, wow. done. Shoom. <laughs> 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 right. Which so I mean, which that's, is that's these turntables that are sitting on, on, uh, on, uh, uh, um, stop, stop, stop. Oh yeah. Stop, please. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm getting emotional. Yeah, don't, right. don't do, no. And then, um, the DJM 500 that was included in that, I ended up selling to a buddy of mine and he kept it for years. I mean, just within the last, I think, year, then he sold it to another friend. So like, I still know where this thing is. I know where it's been for the last I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think our friend, uh, Matt Freeman, shout out. He's, uh, he's got my old 500 nice. somewhere nice. floating around. But, uh, yeah, exact same sentiment that Tony just said. I'm really glad that I, I started on that because, you know, while the 502s, 
uh, from Gemini were direct drive, you know, that not all direct drive was created equal back then. I'm, mm-hmm. I would venture to say today it's probably a lot better now that, you know, techniques, you know, patent had expired and mm-hmm. everybody's able to, you know, reverse get, engineer. Yeah, yeah. And get up to that, that standard a lot better. But, um, you know, back then, you know, it was a lot better than the belt driven, yeah. but it was it was still a challenge. So yeah, being able to to learn that way was was uh, was extremely it made it easier when the actual Cadillacs came. Yeah, that's right. You know, it was just it was butter. It was just like, <laughs> just where have you like been my whole butter. life? Where have you been? <laughs> you know, right. yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, I think that uh, shows that we can all kind of have different approaches to to a budget setup here. And there's there's a lot of ways you can go with this. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I I would love to hear from our audience and maybe post up some comments or leave voicemails and say either what you have done to get a budget set up or what you would do. Because, I mean, there's we talked about trying to bring in a CDJ style setup, which obviously we'd have to go outside of Pioneer for probably to, (laughs) to make it fit. But We'd like to hear some other setups, so definitely post them up. And maybe tell us about some of the nightmares that you've walked into at a club in terms of (laughs) a setup. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. What is the most ghetto setup you've ever played on? (laughs) Post it up, and we will see you guys next time on the Passionate DJ Podcast. See ya! See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning. So it's kind of like when a restaurant gives people food poisoning, like you want to go there afterwards because the food's going to be on point. <laughs> That's what my argument was. <laughs> with the, I'm dead serious with Chipotle when yeah. all that went with down. The, you know, Chipotle, I don't care. Drone. I yeah. love you guys, you know, but like Gina refuses to eat their stuff. No, that's the best time to go. Yes, that's what I said. (laughs) They are on. When all eyes are on them. Yeah, Yeah. every single lemon slice is now individually wrapped. (laughs) Like, like, yes. So, yeah.